We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. When you meet someone special, will you recognize their specialness from the everyday mundane? Coming up, Bata to Suzumushi, the Grasshopper and the Bell Cricket by Yasunari Kawabata. I love you too, Una. (laughs) (laughs) All right, a 1924 classic from the man that won the the first Japanese individual to have won the Nobel uh, Prize for Literature. I did not know that. So the bell cricket, we may ask, what the heck is that? Well, it's a very special and rare bug that is said to have a unique song, unique to each male who sings out to his female, if you will. Everyone having a unique voice, if you can. Chocolate-covered grasshoppers are delicious. Tell me more. Oh, gosh. Oh, goodness. (laughs) So the story starts out with this first-person narration, right? And we stumble upon a group of children holding lanterns, kind of in search of bugs. And it all started with uh, one child one night who kind of heard a bug sing. And so he started searching with this store-bought lantern that he had. And it kind of started to catch on as children started to come and make their own, you know, custom lanterns as they're all searching for bugs in this little area that the narrator's looking down upon. And I think it's just beautiful the way that this opened up, like the the description of the colors. I, I think there's something to be said about Japanese writing and the way that they're so honed in on the craft of making you feel the scene, seeing this you know, crisp and warm air just blow across your face as these children are playing with these lanterns and and, at night. It's very emotional, I would say. Not just seeing, but feeling. I can hear the crickets. I can smell the, the dusk, the evening. I can feel the heat of the lamps. I'm immersed in this story and the whole time I'm thinking, am I going to find a cricket? You know, and I just, ah, you're, you're there. You're there. Mm-hmm. That's what's so amazing yeah. about this writing. And the way it's just imbued with his culture and his way of life, you know, the way the, you know, even just the first uh, character's lantern was a store-bought red lantern, right? And, and red's a very important culture. If you go to Japan, you'll see shrines have red all over the place. And it also stands for heritage, for long-time passed-down values. And the way these characters kind of eschew the store-bought lanterns and start expressing themselves through their homemade custom lanterns, where they even write their names on it, it's kind of reminiscent of the bell cricket, where each bell cricket is said to have its own voice, its own song. These children are expressing their individualism in their own ways and having fun doing it in the story. Did you also feel a little bit heartbroken, though, that... When that happens, you do lose a little bit of your childhood innocence. I mean, all the kids, they they don't have to be unique. They don't have to have these special lanterns. They just get to be themselves. But eventually we see that in order to stand out, you do need to be a little bit unique to be able to attract someone else because that's what, you know, the the bell, you know, the grasshoppers and the bell crickets are doing is if you want a mate, you've got to be stand out. You can't be ordinary. And I was a little bit heartbroken by that. 
Oh, I couldn't disagree more with that takeaway. Let's keep going on this. Okay. Um, because, because the little boy does find something that he thinks is a grasshopper to your point, which is the normal. Okay. Right. Like, like, Oh, we found a grasshopper. Like that's not special to your point per se by society or standard. Cause special is rare. It's that one thing that is, is hard to find. So he's like, okay, who wants the grasshopper? And, and everyone's like, I want that one. I want that one. All, all, several students raise their hand and, and are clamoring around him for this bell cricket or for the, sorry, the grasshopper. But you'll notice that it's, he's waiting for this one specific girl. There's one particular girl that, that he's interested in to give this to. And it's when she's like, I would like the grasshopper. He's like, you got it, girl. And he <laughs> kind of comes over and hands it to her. And the narrator, you know, it's never said overtly, but the narrator gives the, the reader the clue. He goes, ah, I now see what that little boy really wanted in that interaction is he wanted to give her the bell, uh, the, sorry, I keep saying that the grasshopper because it's, she's special to him, right? He's, she's the one that he, he, that has caught his eye. And it's only once that he hands it over that you realize that it is a bell cricket instead of a grasshopper, right? And for me, I thought this little boy's manipulating the situation the whole time. He isn't innocent and pure. He, he's manipulating this poor girl to, to he knows that he has a bell cricket, not a grasshopper. And, and he's just like, oh, well, you don't want this one to all the other little kids until he gets her interested because everybody's clamoring up to him. Oh, fooey. I still love the story, but oh, man, I, I, it lost its playful nature there when I was like, he knew what he was doing. He knew. Let me just add the little girl's name, Kyoko, translates to pure light. So I took a very innocent way of looking at the children, perhaps. So um, true. When is, so if this boy, so do we know if this boy saw a grasshopper or a bell cricket? That, I guess that's a really good question because you have to ask the question, did this boy know what he has? Because there's times where I think you might have something special and you don't know it. And there's times that you do know it's special and you can know you can use it to your point. But I guess that that begs the first question is, did this boy know that he had something special? There, there's no clear cut like evidence. It just it was kind of my innate feeling of him manipulating the situation. Uh, and I guess my only argument would be back to like your colors, that the color red uh, is usually like uh, – is a passion one for like warriors in Japanese culture, right? So this little boy is a warrior going after the girl that he wants. Um, maybe I, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. I know that red symbolizes prosperity. It's family line, it's heritage. It's, it's, you can even view it. Like I talked about earlier with it being festivals that it represents like this line of culture and, and long giving. Uh, maybe it's used in some type of, of war aspect, too, that, that I'm not familiar with. But I viewed it more in the the longstanding tradition. But you do bring up a good point about the light, right? The way that when she holds up the bell cricket, he, he's not looking at the bell cricket like in her like little cage or whatever. He's looking at her face. And that's when the narrator can see from a distance that the light from the lantern is shining, I know, her name on his chest. And his lantern is showing his his name on her chest. And, you know, I'd be curious to say or ask, what was your perspective on on what that meant? Oh, I love that you asked that, because for me, I keep thinking back that the story is not being told by the little boy or the little girl. We have what we're hoping is an impartial narrator that is kind of watching all of this from the outside in 
and he he's he's i think aware as the children are unaware of their relationship with one another um and that they're kind of joining together they're merging their their relationship and i think that that's the perspective that i keep coming back to is is that this this narrator is maybe giving us an incomplete scene he's seeing what he wants to see of this you know romantical fantasy between these you know two little kids that is you know cute and maybe that is what he wants to see right because didn't he describe it as like a fairy tale earlier so to your point maybe he is uh playing up some of those romantic elements to it in a sense i don't know and he doesn't interact with them he doesn't talk with them he doesn't ask them you know what they're talking about or you know what they're gonna do or nothing he just he's sitting just back chilling watching uh, and i think that he may be giving a little bit more to it than there is because they could just be buddies and he's just like hey you're you're my friend una here's my cool little thing that i want to share with you because i love you and you're important to me well, I'll say this, the the kids put a lot of effort and care into the creation of these lanterns. These lanterns were something that they created, and they threw away the store-bought ones. And I think that says something about individualism, about who you are as a person. They're expressing themselves to this, and the fact that their their expression, their individuality is being, is spilling out onto the other person. And that's when the narrator kind of asks this question of, you know, when you have a grasshopper, when do you know if it's a grasshopper versus a bell cricket? And that's to say, when do you recognize the specialness, the individualism, the unique light that we have to offer? Are you going to be a person that recognizes that instead of just seeing it as a grasshopper as perhaps this boy did? I think also of that you can look for the uniqueness in anything and that Maybe, you know, I'm completely wrong of how I looked at this story and that the little boy uh, thought that the grasshopper was special and he maybe didn't know the difference. Uh, he's young and experienced in catching them. He just kind of maybe is given a few pieces of information about what he's supposed to go out and catch of what it looks like. And he caught something and he doesn't care what it is. He just caught something and he's excited to share it, you know, with his friend uh, who he may or may not, you know, really, really like or have a crush on or whatever. And that the grasshopper to him can be special. And that's all that really matters is what you cherish. And I think that was kind of one of the big takeaways of the story that I was trying to look for in a positive light. Yeah, I think it's it's a matter of perspective, because even if you look at how this narrator looked down on this scene, this is his perspective to your point, right? The little boy's perspective of he thought it was a grasshopper or so we, so we're told from a audience perspective, but it was really something special, a bell cricket. And then the narrator offers kind of like the flip side of that story at the end with, and finally to your clouded wounded heart, even a true bell cricket will seem like a grasshopper. Should that day come when it seems to you that the world is only full of grasshoppers, I will think it a pity that you have no way to remember tonight's play of light when your name was written in green by your beautiful lantern on a girl's breast. And I think the narrator is seeing both because at the very beginning of the story, he had described himself as sheepishly looking in. He described himself as slightly jealous. And at the end of the story, I think he kind of has a realization that, you know, we all just want to belong. And it doesn't matter if you're a, a bell cricket or if you're a grasshopper, it's the goodness that you will see in the other person that truly matters. To me, this these final two paragraphs kind of really summarize the perspective of the narrator. 
of your outlook on life is what matters. Your ability to see something and detect the specialness in, or the flaw of seeing something special but expecting the normal and having a clouded, wounded heart and overlooking the uniqueness that someone has to offer, I think is the message, right? That that it's not a matter of what what we are experiencing so much as our expectations and interpretations of what is happening. Yeah, agreed. All right, well, I will leave a playlist of other Yasunari Kawabata talks uh, in a playlist down below. We'd appreciate you checking that out, as well as hitting that like button if you enjoyed today's conversation. My name has been Una. Peace out. Peace.